three, two, one. Happy, Happy New Year! Year! Oh, and new decade. <laughs> Howdy, who folks, and welcome to the In Search of Adventure show. I'm your host, Peter D, and I'm coming to you from the Adventure Club Room, where we reignite your curiosity for an extraordinary life, making sure you have all the skills in place to take back control of your own story. This episode is the second in a special two-part series all about New Year's resolutions. And in this part, my guests Fran, James and Suzanne give us some wonderful tips on how to kick off the new year really well and also share some of their own hopes and dreams for the next year. If you haven't listened to part one of the series yet, I'd encourage you to check it out as there were really some gold nuggets in them their hills so let's get on with part two of the adventure what i want to now focus on is you know how do we make the new year's resolution sort of process um better and one of the suggestions i'd like to make it's a little controversial everybody hold on to your hats let's not do them at all <laughs> So what do you each think? Let's start maybe with Fran. What do you think about, let's just not do New Year's resolutions? You know, let's not make that the date that we go about things. Would you agree with that or would you disagree? I disagree. I think, you know, as we've sort of discussed, there are a lot of issues with those resolutions. Um, but at the same time, it is that that energy of, you know, the new and exciting time of yes. year. So you might as well harness that in a positive way. Yep. Um, but obviously we want to be mindful of making things actionable and realistic. Um, but I, I do think it's a great time of year to start something, but just to be realistic about it and just, mm. you know, harness all that excitement yep. that we, you know, have with the new year. Yep. I'd say, I'd say I agree, Peter, but I'd take it even further. I think people need to start an anti New Year's resolution list, the anti <laughs> list or the, I don't know, the not to do list maybe. Right. So, I mean, for me, that's things like not answering phone calls from rec unrecognized numbers. For example. So <laughs> a good rule uh, for us all. Yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, you know, it does, I don't think it matters where you are, who you I'm in the financial planning industry. We're getting hounded by phone calls from not clients, uh, lots yeah. of other people that we don't necessarily want to ever talk to yeah. um, who are trying to tell us to sell something or get us to sell us something or whatever it might yeah, be. And it's bad. Um, yeah. I think, that just that those types of practices a not to do list. So, I mean, focus on the idea. Tim Ferriss talks about this, but what you don't do defines what you can do. Right. And so Interesting. cutting, it's the idea of decluttering, whether you're moving out or working through your money or whatever it might be, getting all the crap out of your life and focusing on those one or two things that actually matter. Yeah. So, so if you have a don't list instead of a do, You'll uh, you'll be able to guide yourself. Another one's watching the news. I I, I don't know. I don't I don't watch the news much. I, I hate it. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, but I get I get like if the TV is on, I get stuck in front of it. And one, it fills your head with a whole bunch of info that's going to slow you down. Um, most of it's not relevant. And if you want to know what's going on, you could very quickly ask someone who has been watching it. 
and, yeah. and take it from there. Those types of things. Cool. Suzanne, what do you reckon? Are you, are you in or out on the whole New Year's resolutions? Thing? I'm totally out. Um, <laughs> because I think as soon as you put it off until New Year tomorrow, Monday, whatever, it gives you that chance like to overplan it and then you kind of feel like you've taken action, but all you've done is thought about it or listened or read a good book. You haven't right. actually done anything. And that gets really frustrating. It's like, I'm doing all these things. Yeah. Um, what are you actually doing? Do you know, nothing really. And then yeah. we tend to do this last hurrah thing. You know, it's like, I'm never going to eat this again. or I'm never going to buy this again. And, and that, and then as soon as we do, we've set ourselves up for failure. So in each moment, start again. Like, don't be, I've blown it today. I'm going to start tomorrow. Yeah. Well, that was suboptimal. What can I do now? And don't try and make up for it. Like, you know, I've, I've eaten too much now. I'm going to eat celery and broth for the rest of the day. Just <laughs> or, or walk around the block you 400 know? times. Absolutely. Like, I don't know how many times I did that for New Year's, for New Month, for Monday. Like when I finally did it, um, it was like a Tuesday and I was just done. And I just yeah. started at five o'clock in the afternoon and I was like, this is it. And it really was in that minute. And then I had about a hundred more of those times because you know it's like <laughs> even now you, like yesterday first day of school holidays had a suboptimal eating moment uh, it's not it never understandable i'd you're imagine not a magical unicorn who like has rainbows and whatever you're like yeah that sucks you know and when you take that pressure off of i'm going to have to do it perfectly then you can just get it done it's interesting so the the approach that sort of each day is a new day is is something and i'm way down the so you know maths brain geeky to the core so i love some of the woo woo but i struggle with it a little bit but i have to admit i've found the sort of starting the day with a bit of meditation helps with that it's like it is a new day you're giving it a fresh start um and you clear the mind and so yeah i have to admit approaching it like well it's it's a new day i'm going to do awesome today let's see what happens um and letting it play out i think is powerful and so i guess i would have said i was a no to new year's resolutions but now i'm talking about it with you all you guys i think i think i'm a part way between what fran was saying and you in that the opportunity at this point of the year. So particularly in Australia, lots of us take off a couple of weeks around this time. You'll be having a holiday. You might, you know, probably overeat, but then you'll end up, you know, naps in the afternoon, all of these quiet times. And the interesting thing about quiet times, while I'm not necessarily a fan of, of going hard on the setting a goal, but actually starting to think about what you really want, just generally, you know, things you've always wanted to do, stuff you've forgotten. Um, that's where we encourage people to just start writing them down on your dream list. Like just start writing all this stuff down and collect it, you know, because that clarity when you're in the hammock, you've been swinging for about an hour and suddenly you remember that thing you've always wanted to do, you know, it's, it's collecting those. And then throughout the year, do them. You know, like, like stop letting them be regrets because you haven't even got them done. Like take the moment at the beginning of the year to really sort of reflect and, and enjoy, but actually start knocking things off all the time. So I would argue, you know, I am dreaming and adventuring 24, seven, 365 days of the year, which is why I'm not so much about the actual new year's resolution, but I think Fran's onto something there about taking advantage of these moments of peace, reflection, calm depending on how many children maybe you have but <laughs> school holidays may be a bit rough but there is a time of year where even if it's not then it might be another part of the year you go to the beach um, with the family you get to chill that's probably a great opportunity to let your mind do that smart stuff it does without you really forcing it you know there's probably some real value in that um, and I think do any of you have like a list of things that you make that you you know 
as, as something comes up, you're like, oh, I really want to do that, that you write it down. Are any of you doing that? Fran, have you got a list? Yeah, so I do something um, for myself and when I run workshops and, and that kind of thing, mindset, mindset kind of workshops, um, I have this perfect day plan, which is basically exactly mm. what you said. So it's, you know, because I think a lot of us are stuck in those jobs and in those, you know, I don't know, environments that maybe we're not so happy and fulfilled. So it's yeah. really just, um, I just have a, a Google Doc where I've just laid out the vision of what I want to create. And it's, you know, it's not in a super pressured way or anything, but it's like, what would really excite me? And what would be that, you know, um, what would I be so, you know, pr proud and fulfilled to have achieved in, in say like five or 10 years. So it's quite, um, a long ways away and then yep. that just means that as I move along I can tick off those things and and start to get really excited about it and it's interesting when you do start collating these things that and once again I'm heading into woo-woo territory and have no authority to do this but <laughs> is when you do sort of lock that into something it's a document or a book or whatever the universe starts sorting that stuff out for you you know the minute you put it out there suddenly so I some time ago was reminded that I love all things space and NASA and you know I've watched the movie Space Camp about 400 times when I was a kid and you know full geek and then I'd sort of forgotten all about that and then wrote it on my list about two years ago and just recently managed to do a behind the scenes tour of NASA that should never have come across my radar. But I had put it on and said, I really want to do this and I really want to get back into it. And it got sorted, you know, so sort of crystallizing some of these things, if only it's just putting it somewhere, no pressure, you know, something like Trello can be really good for this where it's just dump it in with a cool picture Add it in, you know, and we'll give you guys the list to this, um, listeners, but something like that where you just sort of dump things in. This isn't a to-do list. You know, this isn't about pressure. This is about making sure you capture all this stuff that's awesome. And then just randomly pick one. You know, I'm going to go off and do this. You know, how about you, James, for your sufficient fun stuff? Do you guys encourage people to continually think about how they want to live and what they want to do? Yeah, that whole um, define sufficient meeting we do that, that starts things off, that, that's, a very, that's a very goals and dreams oriented process, right? We, we get a few dot points from clients up front, we get it and as a starting point, and then we spend 90 minutes together building it out. Um, so I love challenging people and all of that type of thing and just seeing if this happens, how does this look, how are you going to feel about that, going through a lot of those questions and digging deep. Um, because if you, if you ask why enough, um, I think we've discussed this before. You become the annoying toddler. Uh, why, 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 why? You, you'll, you'll get, you will actually get, you, you'll get to the gold eventually. And, yeah. and that's the stuff. Like if a client tells me they want to travel, why? Where are you going? Why? What are you going to do? How's that going to make you feel? And then all of a sudden you uncover they want to go back to Brazil to meet the partner's family and, and see how yeah. they live and, and all this stuff that has, real tangible benefit to it so you get to you get to think about it you get to taste the food you get to think through what it's going to smell like when you walk off the plane you know all of those types of things that actually make a goal real um yeah it so is yeah, how it feels right it's 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 got to be how it feels and i think that's you know part of what fran was touching on there it's it's what's going to make me feel good that's what a perfect day or a mm. perfect year or decade looks like is how did I, how did i feel it's not All the to do, it's yeah. the feeling, right? Or the magic, you know, the moment. Um, yeah. We sure. do a lot of that ourselves for sure. So, I mean, I think just like Fran said, I think that, that list, we, we've actually got, I mean, I, I run the whole business with, with a massively 
technologically technologically focused because we um you're we're virtual, trying run, right? we're trying to run it from home and we have to and we don't have a choice um so we're doing a lot of this the zoom the video meetings and mm -hmm. so forth and but for the goals list i we actually have and this is just because it happened to be there at the time last year when when tash and i and my wife sat down we did a massive plan and it'd been a while we'd we'd come out of through through some fairly rough times bringing a couple of young kids into the world and and finally got to a point where we could sit down and reset it happened to be the start of last year yeah. uh, so so that worked how uh, it was new year's but <laughs> We, we made a massive list in random colours on a big bit of cardboard because it just worked. Uh, and I've got it in the cupboard just behind me. And we'll pull that out again in the next couple of weeks and revisit and go back through it. And I think for some people, the computer's locked away and it might be too far away to actually see it. Yep. For us, um, I do rip that out every now and then. And, and it does immediately kick you back into gear if you've been, if you've been a bit slack or, or lacking motivation or whatever it might be. That's, that's where the power of the big list um, comes yeah. into play, I think. But if you are, you know, I, I think once you've made that big list, find the one, maybe two things that, that really are important to you right now. Um, yeah. And when you talk about deadlines, I think the only reason a deadline can work is if you make it short enough and put a lot <laughs> of pressure on yourself to actually go and do it immediately. A um, small action and a short deadline. Um, and yeah. then revisit and another small action and a, and a short deadline. You know, it's really interesting. I think you and I would both say, so there's this strange process when you're a financial advisor where you, um, it's literally in the documents, would you believe? So what are your dreams and goals for your future? Now, having been in the game a while, uh, the blank face that you get when you ask that question, most people haven't worked their dream muscle. It's not something they've really developed because as we were saying before, they sort of go with what society says okay, so I'm meant to buy a house, have kids and retire. Like those are the, the, these big picture things, right? And they haven't built that dream muscle. And I think just starting with having the conversations, if you're a couple, just having the conversations, what's something you've always wanted to do? You know, I mean, I've had meetings where the husband confessed he's always wanted to pull apart and rebuild a Harley Davidson. His wife, they'd been married 20 years and she had no idea. Now, that wasn't about the secrecy in their marriage. That was just about us not acknowledging, collecting and sort of celebrating the things we'd love to do and then, you know, eventually getting to them. So yeah. just building that muscle and sitting down. I mean, I love the idea of having a bit of paper, even getting a whole lot of magazines, cutting up some pictures, you know, of things that appeal and sticking them out there. The whole vision board thing for all, you know, it can get a little wanky, I think, for some people. It does, every, anytime something's tactile, and visual it gets the brain working right it gets the imagination working is this Suzanne is that something that you sort of tap into with um with some of your clients because I think I don't know whether you'd agree but to me weight loss in and of itself isn't a goal it's maybe something that people need to do to get to something else they actually want to do you know yeah, is that a valid that description when they realize that it's game changing because most people I will speak to on an initial chat will be like I ask them what their goal is. I don't want to be fat anymore. I don't want to be fat anymore isn't a goal because for a lot of people, when they lose enough weight and they're not fat anymore, well, I don't really know what I am. So I gain the weight back. So right. they have this long history of losing and gaining because weight isn't really the problem. It's a physical manifestation of a mental and emotional problem. I'm quite woo now. <laughs> so something I do is get really, really clear on what it is they do want. But instead of trying to like 
go from here to 40 steps ahead, much like James was saying with the process and the system, it takes a lot of the emotion out of it. So, and then we'll do like this session discussion with their future self. And I say, it's like putting in a virtual GPS. This is where we are now. Because a lot of people don't really want to get clear on where they are now. Oh, in high school, I used to. Or before I had kids, I used to. No, no, no. Where are you now? And where do you want to go? And how can we start to bridge that? Rather than where did you used to be? So I'm going to beat myself up because I can't do that now. Or I used to run 10K. So I'm going to go and do it, pull a muscle and then not do anything for six weeks. That's exactly okay. We laugh, but we do it. No, I've got to share this. And I'm going to apologize to my husband, Mr. D, right now. Because it's too good a story not to share. So my husband is a builder. He is very active. He's doing about 40,000 steps a day, right? But like me, he's in his mid 40s. I went away for six weeks to Europe and the States. And I checked in with him like I normally do. How's it going, Louie? Oh, Good. Like, oh, there was a bit of a lift at the end there. That doesn't sound like 100% good. Ah, oh, well, I pulled a muscle. Like, and anybody that, that, you know, loves a tradie knows they are constantly injuring themselves, like scratches that they don't even notice. And like, they're hopeless, right? And they just, it's just a given. And I figured it was one of those. I'm like, oh, you know, was this at work? Mm, no. Like, all right, fess up. What did you do? Oh, well, I got bored. And so I went for a run. And really, darling, when was the last time you went for a run? Over 20 years ago. <laughs> of course you pulled the muscle. <laughs> and in true genius fashion, rested for a week and then did it again. And again pulled it. <laughs> it's insanity, right? And the thought, and it is funny, we do, particularly I reckon with physicality, like there are moments when I forget I'm not my 21-year-old six-pack carrying dancing self. Like I, like you just behave as if you are the previous you, you know? And so I think it's a really valid point to acknowledge where I am right now. And I don't even mean in a bad way, just, Hey, this is the reality of me now. Hey, now what are we going to do? Not measuring yourself on a past you. That's probably not even what you really remember anyway. Do you reckon that's the case, Suzanne? That past you, a lot of people, as soon as they say, I want to get back to with love, I, let bring them to the realization that that version of them gained weight yeah you know or they were they were trying so hard like they were going to the gym for four hours a day or they were living on steamed chicken and broccoli they were actually <laughs> miserable things. they look back at the yeah. photos and go but i looked and like but how did you feel and i was tapping into something that yeah. james was saying about how people feel and they're being told they should pay off the house or they should get property or they should you know whatever this but if you feel like crap, you know, I don't want to do it forever. You know what yeah. I mean? And it is, it is hard, isn't it? That's the interesting thing about denying yourself things. Um, and, you know, Fran, I see this with food. As, as a foodie, and we love cooking and all that sort of thing is, oh, we've, I've got a friend I can think of where they are constantly denying themselves of something. And the entire eating process is angst. Every place we go, every... and. And to be fair, a lot of places now are really easy to adjust with that sort of stuff. But I think for her, her approach is already withdrawn and and denying as opposed to, hey, it'd be great if, you know, so there's just even a a mental attitude with that stuff that can just make it so hard to succeed. You know, friend, do you see that with, with some of your clients? 
Yeah, absolutely. And it can be a little bit challenging because as I said, you know, some people, they really just need to give up some certain foods for a period of time. Right. So what I encourage people to do is, you know, firstly, focusing on what you can have, um, you know, all the amazing foods that you can have, because I'm sure if there's one or there's a few things that you can't have, there's plenty of other good stuff out there that you enjoy. And then the second thing I think is sort of, you know, having that 80, 20, 90, 10, whatever that is going to be for you approach where, you know, what do you do during the week, breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Like what are your, you know, the things that you do most of the time, because that's, what's going to make the difference. And then if you go out to dinner on a Saturday night, you know, enjoy yourself, have maybe have some dessert, maybe have a glass of wine or something, things that you wouldn't necessarily do every single day, because, you know, I think that's, um, ability to have some moderation and have fun and enjoy yourself is important. But um, the other side of things is, you know, again, like I said, when we do have to restrict these certain ingredients. Yeah. So, so that I, are hurting I, you, right? I mean, that happens. Yeah. There's some food that just is hurting you physically. Yeah, absolutely. So like for me, that's, that's gluten. It really does not agree with me. I end up looking like a bloated pregnant person when I have it. <laughs> that terrorist, <laughs> gluten just, terrorist. Yeah. It's just a food baby, you know, that's all it is. um, Yeah. And it just doesn't agree with me. But for a long time, I hadn't really made any decisions about that. So I'd still go out and have pizza on the weekend and wind up feeling terrible. But when I just took that out of the picture, I just decided that that was a non-negotiable for me. I just wasn't going to have it anymore. That kind of took that decision off my plate. And it made it so much easier for me because, you know, I just, now I just don't even think about it. And I think about all the other things that I can have, which is so easy in Australia now anyway, to go and get gluten-free alternatives and that kind of thing. And yeah, I think it's a process and it's challenging to start with, but if Mm. you have these certain foods or just, you know, even for some people it's alcohol and they really struggle around alcohol, you know, maybe you just try just taking that thing out of the picture and take it off your plate and, um, then your focus is not on what you can't have and more on what you can have, which is a much more, you know, exciting, inspiring place to be. It is. And I think something we um, really encourage people in sort of the, you know, adventuring action hero sort of space is curiosity. And I think it's one of the most powerful superhero sort of traits you can have because in that environment, so, you know, you can't have gluten. Lots of people look at that as something I can't have, but there'll be a lot of foods they've never had that they could love if they were just curious enough, you know, and, and I see that a lot with people who have sort of limited diets and some of that's upbringing or the people you hang around with. And I get that. But if you've ever got to restrain what you're eating to get curious, find chefs that have wonderful food that they make from mainly veggies. Now there's so many people out there doing clever and yummy stuff, but you've got to be curious. This is not just a uh, handover jobs fixed sort of thing. You've got to be a bit adventurous, a bit curious and try new stuff, you know, and try new things, question the norm again, right? Well, just because we always used to have pizza on Friday nights, what's something else we could have that's even a takeaway option, but it just would be a different thing, you know, and it, and it wouldn't necessarily torture my body. (laughs) Ash is reading uh, a book at the moment called one meal a day and it's phenomenal book by um, it's, James Cameron's wife, Susie, Susie Amiss, I think it might be. Anyway, she's, yeah, amazing book about trying to have one plant-based meal a day. And if you told me about that, you know, my, my mind goes to 
I don't even know what. And and we're we're okay. We eat fairly well at home, but we, you know, we we've got our habits. Um, <laughs> and I think the idea that the first thing I said to her is, are there recipes in the back? Because that's what you need. You need right. an idea. And and there are, and and they're good, and they're easy, and so that's a, a really easy way to start to introduce that that type yeah. of idea. So it is, you need that stimulation. You do, and I mean, look, bless YouTube, right? I mean, how did past generations learn how to do anything? Uh, because um, I mean, I love cooking, and so there's not a recipe I won't try. Whereas so many people don't have any of that those skills, but now there are people literally a video watching the guy whip the cream, like it's showing you how to do that singular thing, you know, which I think makes such a difference, and people willing to share all of their ideas. I think we probably. I actually think lots of people don't use the internet enough for some of this stuff. And I, I want to be careful here because I think also they get batshit, batshit crazy ideas from the internet too. So um, I think once you've had some expert help on, Hey, here's some things that maybe you could change, then taking that and going in and finding out how to this, you know, you know, how to incorporate more cauliflower or how to like all these, all those specific things. There's so many people out there with, fabulous ideas with really specific explanations on how to do it there's just no need for the need for the fear anymore of what the hell do i do with this plant like <laughs> how do i cook it you know it's there's so many people um out there doing it and so using the internet i think can make a big difference um gordon ramsay i actually use gordon uh, ramsay too, really? uh, there you on, go yeah yeah yeah. and i don't look i don't i don't mind the swearing so i'm good with him but he um the chopping the onion, right? That right. I could never figure out how people diced a full onion to those tiny little bits. Yeah. Uh, until I did the, you know, chop it in half down the other way, not that normal way, and slice Correct. through it, and then. And he Correct. he taught me in a couple of minutes, and I haven't looked back. Correct. And it can be <laughs> it can be as simple as a, a cheap, inexpensive little gadget. We've about three months ago we bought a tiny zoodle little thing, right? Um, and it's small in the cupboard. There's only two of us. Um, but we've had zoodles instead of pasta, instead of all sorts of things. So many times, not noticed, like mm. I've not noticed the difference, but this little tool was the thing that got us over the hurdle. And, and we've just completely changed that, you know? So sometimes you've just got to ask out guys, how do I get over this hump? And, and somebody can come up with, you know, a solution. Now I wanted to, come up with suggestions from each of you. So it's now the episode's going to land on the 2nd January. They're in the new year. What sort of thing, have a think about what sort of thing you would suggest each, each of you would suggest somebody could just start the new year with. And so it doesn't necessarily need to be a resolution, but it could be a new habit or a new thing that they could start doing. So while you're cogitating, I'm going to start with mine. So I would like to suggest that, we start a tadaja. Now I'm going to show the other guests here what a tadaja looks like. Magically just looks like a jar. Right? <laughs> but a tadaja is the genius uh, sister to the evil twin, the to-do list. So to-do lists are quite demotivating, right? Um, whereas in a tadaja, what happens is during the year, every time you do something you love, you read a book you're excited about, ticket stub from a concert you went to, photo of you and a girlfriend you haven't caught up with for ages, they go in the jar. And then on January 1st, what you do is tip the jar up and look through your year. And I just think we all forget 
the awesomeness that has happened in the year before us. We're just hopeless at it. You know, there might be one highlight. Somebody goes, hey, haven't seen you for a year. What have you done? Um, <laughs> like this is deadly yeah. silence, you know? And so to me, to have a place that you are consciously collecting that during the year, I find it really motivating as well because you can see the jar filling up. And you're like, wow, I am adventuring. This is really cool. What am I doing? You know, and even if they're little things, I've put in there, um, you know, a photo of a book that I finally read that I wanted to knock off um, or a type of food that I'd finally bought and tried and cooked with, you know. So it's just putting it in your Tadaja and then using Jan first, the first thing you're going to do instead of setting your goals or your resolutions is just really savor and enjoy the year that was. Um, and recognize whatever that, and highs and lows, you know, feel free to put in Holly Toledo, Batman, I survived that single thing. Um, that's okay too. But I think it's really worth savoring um, the lives we each have because often they're much better than we're remembering. Um, 100%. That was, um, that was it. some of the advice I got when we started our business was don't look at how hard, like when you're struggling, when you're thinking about how far you've got to go because that's what you're always doing. You've always set these crazy targets in front well i do and um if you stop and look back at what you have achieved in one year whether it be in the business or your career or or, or everything or else that, that you've just discussed yeah that that would that's the ticket to just reminding yourself how good you actually are and and that you that you can actually succeed and that's a difficult thing the I think my tip, if I could give anything, I'd think something that works for me, I don't think it works for everyone, but public accountability. Ooh. <laughs> so the, the idea of telling people and the more people you tell, the more pressure you have to achieve something. And so I, I don't know, look, it's, it's scary to do this, but I, like I, I tell everyone I'm trying to write a book at the moment. And, uh -huh. um, you know, I, I hired a book coach, it's probably over six months ago now. Yeah, I think uh, it might be. Someone we know very well. Shout out to Andrew, Andrew Griffiths. Yep, um, the guru. He, and so he stopped, emailing, stopped emailing me and I've realised that I haven't, I haven't told enough people, so I'm telling more. And, and, so, and, and I've done some other things. So part of it is I've blocked the entire week from the 6th to the 13th of January to completely right. block everything out of my life because it's the only way I'm actually going to chip away at this. Um, yeah. But yeah, and you, you have to, I think you have to think like that. You have to find the way that you're going to get there as well. And that's part of it for me. But the more people I tell, the more, the more um, scared I am to not do it. And it's once again, though, it's also manifesting it because you're talking about it more, which reinforces it for yourself. I think like, I think it reinforces your interest or not. Cause you'd stop telling people if you'd lost interest, right? So you'd stop mm. talking about it. But if you keep on telling people about it, I mean, it's funny with the book thing. I did exactly the same thing with my first book, but in fact, I was part of a group where you had to do 30,000 words in 30 days. So the week before that kicked off, I told everybody I was going to write 30,000 words in yeah. 30 days to the point that I had girlfriends who'd ring and go, Oh, Peter, do you want to catch up? Oh, wait a minute. Is this going to get in the way of your 30,000 words? Like they were calling me on it and adjusting life for it too. And I think maybe that's a point about, you know, uh, telling people about things is let them help. You know, let them be a part of that. If you're trying to move more, let the girlfriend say, instead of us going and having a coffee, why don't we just go for a walk down the park? You know, like let them participate in what you're trying to do because the, the very best of friends will be absolutely up for that. 
you know, and so the first step though is verbalizing it, isn't it? Like you've got to be willing to go, this is what I'm going to do, you know, which is scary. Fran, what about you? Do you have a tip that you'd, you'd suggest for everybody who kicking off the year, just quietly kicking off the decade. I didn't even touch on that. We've got a whole Mm -hmm. new decade this year, Holy Toledo Batman. So Fran, did you have something you'd suggest as something they could begin the year with? Yeah, so this is a slightly different angle, but what I've found has really helped me and a lot of people as well is just creating some sort of morning routine. So again, just harnessing that new year energy and it can look like anything. It doesn't need to look like going to the gym five days a week or meditating for 20 minutes or anything like that. I encourage people to just write a little list of, you know, 20 things, anything you can think of. It could just be, you know, having a coffee and sitting outside and enjoying it mindfully instead of scrolling on Instagram. Uh, yep. it, could, it could include meditating. It could include going for a walk or a swim or, you know, anything that's going to make you feel good. And then every morning you wake up and you just pick something off that list. And that might mean that you need to wake up 10 minutes earlier. All you need to start with is 10 minutes because as we said, you want to start with something that you can actually stick to and make it really manageable. But firstly, you're going to start your day with something that's going to make you feel really good, which means that that's just going to have a natural flow and effect in all areas of your life. You're going to feel better all day long. You're more inclined to reach your other goals. Um, So I think that's a really helpful way to, I mean, to start the new year, just start today, start tomorrow and just make it happen. And just even that 10 minutes is going to make a massive difference. That's interesting. So and what I love as somebody who gets bored super easy, easily, right? Then I love the idea of, okay, what I'm going to do is gift myself 10 years in 10, 10 years, 10 minutes in the morning, but I could choose what I do for it each morning. That's an interesting concept because trying to get me to do the same thing every day is never going to work. Like I just will never respond. So I love the idea of the thing I am doing every morning is the 10 minutes or the 15. And I'd imagine you could build that over time. Um, But to then have a list of things you can pick from that, you know, make you feel good or really add kick off your day. That's a really clever idea. I think that's a wonderful thing that we could, we could take up. That's pretty small, right? Like it's not a, it's not a big task. First step, make a list of what, 10 or 20 things. And then second step, give yourself 10 minutes a day. Um, that's a really smart, that's a fantastic suggestion um, that I imagine will become a bit addictive and people would start to do more each morning. Is that what happens as people start doing? Oh, that? totally. Yeah. Especially when you, uh, you're waking up in the morning and you're saying, what do I need or what do I feel like this morning? And you're actually gifting yourself that. I mean, it's a pretty awesome feeling because that might be getting back into bed with a book and just enjoying and, and reading. And yeah, I think it's all about sort of creating that dream, dream life and working mm. towards that perfect day as well, because you're starting your day on your terms and doing something that's going to make you feel good, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It is. Suzanne, what have you got for us? What would you suggest to people as a tip for either this time of the year or something they could start doing? Oh, my tip would be, to throw out the scales, hence weight loss coach doesn't <laughs> because the scales reflect your past choices. That that is a snapshot in time of past you. And if you're wanting to create a new you, whether it be in the new year or you know starting today, mm-hmm. what are the processes that you want to do? Like, do you want to move more? I hate the term exercise, but you know, <laughs> move more and actually book that into your diary and treat it like you would a medical appointment. Because so many people are like. 
I'm going to exercise three times a week or five times a week. And suddenly you're like, it's Friday. Does five times today count? Because you don't actually book it in. We're magically going to fit it in amongst everything else. And a lot of us have competing responsibilities, family, children, work. So like make it appointment and then get support to help with that. But don't just say, well, this is me, my husband. I need you to support me. And he's like, okay. So we go to the shops and I pick up Tim Tams. And he's like, slaps them out of my hand. (laughs) I pick these Tim Tams up. I eat eat every single one. No one tells me what to do. So then we get home and I'm crying. And he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I want you to support me. He's like, I did support you. And I was like, I wanted you to like, give me a hug and say you can do this. And he's like, you know, so for him, support is don't let him eat it. It's being the Nazi obsession. But you need to actually have the talk. What what is support for you? Because so many times, so many of my clients, they go, I told my sister I'm doing this thing. Okay, cool. She brought coffee and cake. Does she normally do that? Yes. Did you ask her not to do that? No, I asked her to support me. Like we're not mind readers. Uh, you know right. what I mean? So have this really clear discussion about it, about what support is. And if we're wanting to do these steps, these processes, book them in. The time doesn't magically appear. Um, yeah. And the other thing for people who are these perfectionistic tendencies, which I am, <laughs> if you want to move exercise three times a week, book four. So when the kids are variably Uh, sick or you're really, really tired or you just can't be bothered, um, you can still make your goal. You don't fall off. And then if magically you have done the first three, on the fourth, you could exercise or you could just read a book because you're saying, Peter, you're um, a reader as well. So that's an extra incentive for me. I have this time just to do nothing. Interesting. You know, I've seen that actually work with uh, entrepreneurs so often. And if you're doing consulting and stuff like that, the way you use your time can get a bit befuddled, right? And you (laughs) guilt all the time because I'm not spending as much time as I should and working from home and I do other things. And I've seen people have a ticker just on their laptop. That's how many hours I want to do in a week. And once you have that, you're looking at it like, Oh, hold on. It's only Tuesday. If I just did two more hours now, I'd be a whole day ahead and I could take tomorrow off. And it just, it just, the freedom it gives once you've sort of established that behavior um, and the joy you then have when you go, yeah, I'm finished tomorrow is completely clear. Whereas if you just took that day off without measuring like that, it'd be full of guilt. Mm. And then you can do the thing with enjoyment and not eating a bag of Tim Tams and a packet of chips and a tub of ice cream because you feel so bad. Yeah. And I think, look, if I was to round out our, our conversation here, I think, you know, ditching guilt would be a fantastic thing for us to do for ourselves. Like, where does that come from anyway? You know, what are we talking about? Who are we accountable to? Just ourselves, you know, cut yourself some slack, you know, so, and lean into things. If, if you're making a bad choice and you know, you're doing it in the middle of doing it, just lean into the fact it's a bad choice. And then the next day do better, you know, like it's okay. Um, but I think guilt is so destructive. Um, and it causes us to make so many silly, silly decisions. So yeah, I think hopefully there's a whole lot of ideas there um, of things you could do and things you could do differently. I guess the only one I've read, or I'm partway through reading a couple of habits books, um, The Power of Habit and Atomic Habits, and one of the tips there that I thought was a bit ninja was if there's a little thing you want to start doing, attach it to something you already do every day. And I think that can be really powerful. Um, so that you then accidentally end up building another habit, you know, because it actually isn't super easy to build new habits. So, you know, take advantage of a muscle you already have and just slip in another task into that can make a big difference. And I think, Fran, you suggested if you, some people like want to, you know, have more fulfilling reading, then if you're having a coffee, then just attach it to that. All right, I'm going to have a coffee for 15 minutes and I'm going to do some reading then, you know, so there's ways to just attach it to 
little things that you're already doing that's really powerful. Well, this has been fantastic. I'm hoping that there's been some value there, wonderful listeners. Um, we will be summarising some of this, um, some of these great ideas uh, over the next couple of weeks. So what, and, and the regular listeners already know what's coming, um, but perhaps our guests don't. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to get from each of you first up because we're in this, we're in the world of dreaming and adventuring. So, and I'll start, I was about to say left to right, but you guys have no idea what I'm looking at. So I'll start <laughs> with Suzanne. Do you remember what you wanted to be when you grew up, when you were a little kid? A marine biologist. Wow, that is really specific. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I oh, now hold on. Really, and I loved the movie, and oh. I wanted to be a marine biologist. That's another movie that's inspired somebody. I wanted to be an archaeologist because of Indiana Jones, right? <laughs> so that's how it works. What about you, James? What did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I wanted to be pro at all things board sports. I was attracted to everything with a board. So, uh, wow. and still am. Um, I, I may have passed my time. I, uh, I think the, uh, the current World Surf Champs 25 years old. So... I'm uh, 37 and well, Kelly Slater's 47 I was about to now, say, so. he, he, didn't he just get a perfect 10 for one of his wave, he, one of his rides recently at 47? Yeah. Still that's seriously phenomenal. impressive. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's yoga friend. That's uh, Kelly Slater is very, uh, very much into clean and healthy eating. Sorry. Sorry, Suzanne. And, uh, <laughs> and a lot of yoga. So he can contort his body in all sorts of ways, but also, uh, yeah, stays pretty, pretty So nimble. a professional surfer. I love it. How about you, Fran? What did you want to be when you grew up? Thinking back, I mean, now I've kind of realized that I'm a bit of that sort of multi-potentialite, multi-passionate. So I probably wanted to be a different thing every couple of months. Definitely yep. wanted to be a marine biologist at some point, <gasps> wanted to be a doctor at some point. I can think of so many other different things that I wanted to be at different times in my life. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot to that question there is and it's um to to me what that tells me is that you had innate curiosity very young which actually not everybody does right so um it's something that can either build over time or very young we're like oh i want to be that oh i want to be that like it's just <laughs> and that's a curiosity thing that's just it just appeals and i have to admit i was the same you know right through from fighter pilot to librarian like i mean they were varied and wild <laughs> Uh, now I was Top Gun era, so fighter pilot made perfect sense. Um, <laughs> you see that young enough, then of course you want to be a fighter pilot. Um, but look, that's really interesting. So the last thing I'm going to ask from each of you, and I want to preface this by saying that the dream I'm going to ask you for doesn't need to be achievable, right? So it's something that's far off. It's something maybe you've always wanted to do or would really love to do. Um, it doesn't need to be big. Um, but something far off that you'd love to reach out and maybe achieve one day. Uh, let's start again with Suzanne. Have you got something that's on, on your list or maybe you haven't admitted to anybody is on your list that you'd love to do? Professionally, for like with my business, I'd love to retire my husband and be the, the breadwinner. That would be Ooh. awesome. Oh, I like that. That's um, quite specific too. That's cool. Yeah, I'm very much about specific goals. And personally, <laughs> Um, I'd love to enter a pole dancing competition. <gasps> when I dropped all the weight, I started doing pole dancing. Um, we've since moved. So I haven't found a new studio yet. But, um, yeah, I'd love to enter a comp. And they are hardcore. Those competitions, they have some very fit and flexible people doing that. It's really impressive. Yes. Um, as somebody who's <laughs> trained for dancing, I never would have said that was the case. But having witnessed one, I'm like, dude. Strength, stamina, flexibility. Right. Have it, all. it is nuts. <laughs> it is nuts. What about you, James? What's, in, what's a possible future item for you? Um, 
keep everything going with the business while we roam the world with the kids. <gasps> and, and this is, I mean, I, I say it's happening. It's not yet, but it, it will um, <laughs> hopefully. So, but, but again, public accountability, you got to tell everyone, but yeah, I think, uh, camping in little coastal villages in Spain, driving down the West coast of the States again, hanging out at the top of a mountain in a chalet somewhere. Yeah. Those types of fun things. Um, so sort of a digital nomad lifestyle where you can be earning and, and traveling with the kids all the time. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and obviously have the base here, but keep, keep, keep moving. That's cool. And I think, um, I reckon you, you know, you're well on your way. I remember seeing a photo of you guys. I'm trying to remember how, recent it was i feel like it was maybe just one bub rather than two but you were hiking maybe in new zealand or something and you've got this kid on your back clearly in the middle of nowhere and i'm like fearless dude like that is hardcore <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna be brutally honest now and um that that photo was the, the that's the beauty of instagram at work we were we were about that that one photo the two kids were there um, two. okay yep yeah there was two hikes we did on that we did 10 days in New Zealand this time last year. So we had a three month old and a maybe 20 month old. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, we, we were about 500 meters from the car park at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But you know, what's interesting. There is an attitude about we're just going to give it a whack. Like, take the kids, we're going to try it. And if it goes pear shaped, we just back up. Right. It's, and I think there's this hurdle. Lots of people, the fact that you guys think it's possible to do the digital nomad with the thing with the kids means you can like just the fact that you believe it's possible. I mean, I've got, I remember years ago had some, a very good friend of mine who had, they just had their first child and they were massive Sydney Swans fans. And they would take bub and I mean bub to that game and they just took turns about who would leave if she got out of control. Yeah. Like they just went, at least we'll see some of the game. Like their view was we're going to give it a whirl. And what's interesting is often she'd make it through the whole game. And in fact, it's not till they're a bit older that they get feral about that stuff. So, so I think, you know, just imagining you can will mean you do. Yeah. You know, whereas if you think you can't, you'll definitely not achieve it. <laughs> I think that that is such a stigma around having kids is you stop traveling. And so many people say that, and it's not, it, it's not your fault. It's, it's a scary thing to think mm. about and do, but if you push yourself a little bit, I mean, we, we were lucky we were forced to do it and it worked for us. We, we did the conference in Dallas that you were at. Yes. Um, Ada as an eight month old did come to a Dallas Mavericks game. I think she, and yes. she slept the whole time. So it was perfect. <laughs> We can tell her about how it was. Yeah. <laughs> We've got evidence. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Fran, what about you? Have you got something for the future that you'd love to do? Yeah, so I think the travel thing is definitely massive for me. I've always had a bit of a travel bug. Um, so I did actually do that for around five months last year, which was pretty cool. Wow. But I'd like to have a bit of a, you know, as you said, the, the balance between the travel and the home as well. Cause I think doing that and moving around quite a lot was a lot harder than I thought it would be while trying yes. to actually get work done at the same time. Yes. Um, so like incorporating that so I can do both would be really, really awesome. So I'm working on that. Awesome. And it is, so having just done three months earlier this year, it's the 
400 extra decisions you have to make when you're traveling a day. Like it's, it's, you can't be on autopilot. And I think we probably all underrate how much we're on autopilot during the day, just getting to work or like things you can just do without thinking the minute you add travel, you can't do anything without thinking. Like mm. You need to be on a lot more. And I have to agree. Mine was only three months and, and um, sorry, it wasn't even that it was six weeks. What am I talking about? It was six weeks, but um, it, I was exhausted because I just couldn't chill. You know, and particularly if you do it on your own. So having been married, you know, for a while to go somewhere and not have an extra set of hands, even just at the airport, mm. like, so who do I give my stuff to so I can go to the loo? Like what? <laughs> Suddenly things are hard, right? And you just don't think about all that stuff that I need to decide where I eat. I need to decide, you know, all that sort of stuff. So it is, I think... One of the things I'd say is a bit like um, a bit like James was saying. I think sometimes you then need to establish new habits as a way of of handling that. You know, so you you create your own structure in a variable environment. Um, and anybody who has to travel a lot for work, you'll notice that. You'll see them get on the plane. They do the same thing every time they get on the plane. They wear potentially the same clothes. Like there's just a they give themselves some structure in a you know uncontrollable environment. But I love that idea. Can't wait to see those adventures. It was actually quite funny because um, I, you know, I was there for around the five months and my boyfriend came for around three months and I was working and it was practically like a part-time job for him planning where we were going for the entire trip. So after a couple of months of that, he's like, I'm exhausted. You need to take (laughs) some of the load. So it's a big job. It is a big job. It is. It's why, um, um, in fact, the first interview for the podcast was with the wonderful Nick True, and they ended up moving their family out of an apartment and into an Airstream, so one of those um, campers with two dogs and two cats, and they now live out of that. And as crazy as that sounds, awesome, though. They've seen some wonderful things in the US. It would give you a bit of structure because at least your space you're in you know, is the same and the things you do in it is the same. Whereas when you're traveling for three to six months, like every room's different, whether it's Airbnb or it's a hotel or like all of that change is really hard to handle, let alone decide on. Definitely. Yeah. The other thing with travel and Nick's Nick's an example of that. I mean, I did did 10 days in an RV with Tash coming down the West coast of the States and that was phenomenal, but we were ready to get out of it. Um, <laughs> Nick, Nick's done, what's he's probably a couple of years now. He's, yeah. He? He's over a year at least. Yeah. And, and I think it's the same type of thing. Like you talked about it being, being super exhausted traveling. One of the, like, I was lucky to do a couple of exchanges at high school and uni. And when you sit in one spot for a while, you get to see the culture, you get to learn the yes. place. You're actually fit right in and the structure's easy then. Yeah. Um, that's the type of travel we're trying to get going now is not so much the binge just go to one spot or go to a hundred places (laughs) it's it's trying to figure out the time and work with you know and there's challenges if you're employed around that so you need to you need to really work through the but there's lots of lots of advice on how to achieve those types of things if you get on google there exactly there's people out there that have started finished middle of 
all of those adventures and it's worth reaching out for. Well, wow, there's some ninja dreaming going on there, folks. We did go hard or go home, I tell you. Um, I'm glad I asked the question. Thank you so much for joining us um, on the In Search of Adventure show. You guys have really added some value and quite different perspectives on how people can sort of kick off their new year. Um, I want to really thank you for joining us and for sort of being really honest about your experiences and how you attack things, but also bringing a bit of genius, I think. Um, you've had some really good suggestions. So thank you so, 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 so much uh, for your time. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. There are so many great tips in that discussion and I love how practical they actually are. Um, and I'm sure that there will be at least one thing you could take away from all of that to really kick your year off with some real energy. So to make sure you get that opportunity, I'm just gonna pull together some of the key highlights. There was lots of them, but just a couple of the key highlights for you so that you can pick some that you might choose to apply immediately. Number one, Take the time to learn about yourself and your default behaviors as you know understanding this can really help you ensure you actually achieve your goals rather than sort of circle around them and we will include in the show notes links to the tests we talked about that will give you a really good start on that journey number two choose just one small change and start the year that way you know from small things big things grow so you know i would just pick a thing and get started and it can be as tiny as you like i know if you do that it will have an impact number three treat each day as a fresh start you know cut yourself some slack and just look forward. And if you know you mess up a bit or you don't quite uh, meet what you were hoping to each and every day, then give yourself a break and then keep on moving forward. Number four is something that I'm actually gonna start doing myself. I really love this. You know, start a 10 minute morning ritual by building a buffet list of about 10 to 20 things that really energize you. And then each morning in your 10 minutes, choose one of them to go and do. I mean, how much fun could that possibly be? I think it'd be amazing. Uh, and I, I really think that this could be a way that you could build on that and make your morning the best morning and start you could have to your day. Number five, practice building your dream muscle. You know, just start by noting things down in a notebook. And when you come across something, write it in your book. When you see it on TV, write it in your book. When you listen to a podcast episode and they talk about something cool to do, write it in your notebook or a Trello board, or like James said, have a vision board, whatever floats your boat, but just start building that list that can really make the rest of your life just one big adventure. Number six, if you make a decision that you're going to say, you know, have more activity in you in your week, then book those activities into your diary as an appointment. And if say you want to do it three times a week, then put in four just to give you some leeway in reaching your goals. I think that's a really sensible way to go about it and can give you a bit of a free ride, you know, in those days when you do get it done in the first three opportunities you've set up. And number seven, announce your new intentions to your friends to your family you know overcome your fear and let your dream team help you to make change and to reach your goals now the important point was made that just telling them this big thing you want to do isn't enough be specific in the thing they could do to help but i guarantee you that if we let them our friends and family will help beyond what we ever imagined 
And if you want to know more, then, you know, definitely head over to the show notes where we'll drop in links to all the different things we discussed, the books and everything, along with the social details. Uh, and what I mean by social details is social media details of all of our guests. So you can actually follow on with their varied and wild adventures into the future. We'll also be continuing the discussion about all things New Year's resolutions over in the Adventure Club room, which is our private Facebook group. And it's basically a support group for action heroes in training just like you. The link to the group is in the show notes or simply search for Adventure Club Room in Facebook. And if you're a bit excited about building the dream muscle of your local community group or even your team at work, then please feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. You can find me at forward slash P-E-I-T-A-D as I actually do presentations on living an action hero life and also using our dream muscle to build imagination capital in our teams. And so I'd love to hear from you if that's something you'd like to do. And you know what, if personally you decided to actually set yourself some New Year's resolutions or simply right now put in place some change and you know start a new habit, then we'd love an update on how you're going so far. So make sure you subscribe, rate the show and leave us in the comments how you're progressing. And that can be on any podcast platform of your choice because you know these adventures are something we really need to lean into because there's an adventure story out there simply waiting for its action hero to step up and i'm pretty sure that action hero is you